We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. 1 Samuel 17, 26. Shout, I got it when you get there. Ooh, I really want that ice cream today, boy. (laughs) Let's work. I'll read for you. So David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep? And listen to me, when somebody starts calling your stuff little, they hating. <laughs> your little car and your little house and your, <laughs> your little He says, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now, what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? He turned away to someone else and brought up the same manner. Pause for a second right there. There are some people that you need to start turning away from. I don't care if it's a family member. I don't care if it's a best friend. If they're not speaking into your destiny, if they're not speaking to your purpose and they can't support what God has called you to do, there are some people that you need to start turning away from. That was David's oldest brother. He didn't know this boy all of his life. And he turned away to the people who could speak into his destiny. Somebody shout speak. Verse 31, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and and, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has, has killed both the lion and the bear. This circumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Because he has defied the armies of the living God, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. My title for discussion today uh, is the phrase, but wait, I got a testimony. Look at two or three people and say, but wait. I got a testimony. Turn to your other neighbor and say, but wait, I got a testimony. When Cody came to me um, a few weeks ago to give me the rundown for the Sunday, um, and he was conveying to me that he wanted to get someone to do their testimony, um, I must admit that I got a little nervous. 
I didn't know it was going to be tied, but I'm just being honest. I got a little nervous because you got to understand what the word testimony means to a boy who grew up in a Kojic church. Those Friday nights got real awkward on a, on, in, in Syracuse, New York. Boy, I tell you. We had, to, we had, this, we had this one lady um, whom I believe lived for testimony service. Because every Friday on the way to church, the Lord would put it in her spirit, a brand new song. And she would give her testimony and she would drop her new single on us as if everybody was going to know it. Every week. But then there were people who got up there and testified about things like how God had delivered them from alcohol and how God had brought back a wayward child that they had been praying for and how they thought they were going to lose their mind that week, but God kept them and, and how they were down to the last dime, but God somehow worked this thing out for them and proved himself to be Jehovah Jireh, my provider. After thinking about that, I think we need to bring back testimony, sir. I do, I do. Because what I didn't know as a child that I now know as an adult is that there is power in your testimony. Somebody shout power. power. Revelations 12 and 11 says that they overcame him, him Satan, the, the, your accuser, the, the devil. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. As, listen to, oh gosh, God, I don't, I'm not going to stay along on this, but I could get lost in this, just that one verse. Because think about how powerful and how potent the blood of Jesus is. Just think about how powerful it is. But John saw it fit to make sure that we understood it's not just the blood of Jesus. It's the word of your testimony that gives you victory over the enemy. Oh God, I'm preaching good already. It, it, it is, it's not just what Jesus did on the cross. It's about what you say he did on the cross. That gives you, oh What I learned in studying this text is that, and I, and I wrote this note down, I want you to get it. Giants don't fall unless you have a testimony. Giants don't fall unless you have a testimony. You don't overcome suicidal thoughts unless you have a testimony. You don't rise out of depression unless you have a testimony. You don't get out of the cycle of anxiety unless you have a testimony. You don't beat being bitter unless you have a testimony. Somebody shout power. power. There is power in your testimony. Yes. I think we need to bring it back. I, I, I honestly do because mm, let, let me do this. I, I'm telling you, I can't get into this. Let me give you a definition of testimony. And this is going to be our work. This is Pastor Wanzel's definition of testimony. I'm going to give you two. Throw it up there for me. Testimony. It's a rehearsal of how God moved in previous seasons that proves to me that he will move in this season. It's a rehearsal of how God moved in previous seasons that proves to me that he will move in this season. Now, I got another definition. This is mainstream stuff right here. This is what, what dictionary.com says. Put it up on the screen. A testimony is the statement or declaration of a, of a witness under oath or affirmation, usually in court. It's a statement or declaration of a witness under oath or affirmation, usually 
in court. Let me give you a second to write. I see you're still writing. I ain't going to be up here long, so I want you to have it all. You too, Ariel. I'll read it again. It's a statement or declaration of a witness. Somebody shout witness. witness. Under oath or affirmation, usually in court. Y'all ready to work? Watch me now. In order to have a testimony, you first have to be a witness. I can't testify to something that I've never seen. There's a song that says that I've I, I seen it with my own eyes. I have, to, I have to see it with my own eyes. In, in, in other words, I, I need to be present for what God is doing in my life. I have to, somebody shout, see it with your own eyes. The reason why I believe that we have lost our testimony is because we're so busy being present in everybody else's life. We're watching everybody else's story. We're commenting on everybody else's blessing. We don't have time to look at what God is doing in our own life and be a witness to what he's doing in our own life because I'm so worried about what he did for you last week. I'm so worried about that vacation that you just went on. And I'm not watching the fact that he just kept me alive all of this time. He's blessed my children. He's kept my mind all of this time. And I don't have a testimony because I'm so busy testifying for you. Somebody shout testify. Somebody shout witness. I think I underlined it for you. Witness. Somebody shout witness. Now, the second part of that is that word court. Somebody shout court. In a court is the place where uh, legal disputes are settled between two parties. That's what happens in court. A legal dispute is settled between two parties. Listen to this. Your testimony is the key piece of evidence that settles the the dispute between the facts of your life and God's truth. I'm going to say it again. Your, your, your testimony is the key piece of evidence that settles the dispute between the facts of your life and the truth of God's word. That is why your testimony is so vital to you. That is the reason why that you have to make sure that you have a testimony because the enemy keeps beating you up with all these facts. And God is saying, girl, if you would start testifying, you could present the truth. You could overcome him and he's overcoming you. Listen to me. The word says that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. You can't whoop the enemy because you don't have a testimony. Somebody shall testify. I want to share with you two quick things that the enemy does to keep us from testifying. You ready to get something to this? Let's go to verse 27. They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And and to whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done, David said? Can I even speak? He turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. Point number one today is false accusations. Tell your neighbor, Satan, oh, you better do better. I'll stay up here another hour. (laughs) Somebody shout, Satan Satan. makes false false accusations. David gets down to the battlefield 
and he overhears Goliath disrespecting everybody in, in, in the vicinity of, of his voice and God. Uh, and, he, and he turns to the men that are there, and he says, listen, has the king put a bounty on this dude's head yet? And they're like, yeah, man, he did. He said um, um, that he's going to give whoever goes out and fights him, he's going to give them his daughter. And we heard she fine, so that might work out. Um, and, and he said he's going to give him a whole bunch of money, and it's going to be tax-free. And David was like, say less. I'm, 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 I'm good. As soon as David hears the word, his brother, his oldest, oldest brother walks up, and he starts, to, starts hating on David. Like, what you doing here, man? You know what I'm saying? Like, why you ain't with them little sheep? Your little, you know, that, little, that little you got. Why are you not over there? Why you not over there doing that? And you know how conceited you are. You know that your heart's always in the wrong place. You know that, 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 you're wicked, that you're wicked. And the reason why David's brother starts to make all of these accusations, false accusations towards David, is because David's brother knew the truth. He makes all of these false accusations because when, when you make a false accusation towards someone, you're trying to disqualify that person. Oh, gosh, I'm teaching school. I don't even know if you're getting this right now. You, you make a false accusation to, to, to disqualify that person. And, and David's brother knew the truth because th- let's think about this. Ten to 15 years before the moment that they were in, David had been anointed king over Israel. And he humbly stayed at home and took care of his father's sheep. David's brother knew that if David kept talking, he was going to talk himself into his purpose. He knew David was one question away from walking into his purpose. Listen to me. The enemy has falsely accused you to make you shut down and stop talking and being around God's word and getting the truth about your situation so that you could just stay there and not be in your purpose. Hear what I'm saying? The enemy falsely accuses you all of the time to make you feel like, oh, you shouldn't go to church. God doesn't, God doesn't forgive you. You should walk. They don't accept you at that church. He's falsely accusing you so that you say, you know what? I'm good. I won't ask any more questions. I won't sit under any more good word at TMC. I won't go back to that church anymore because, listen to me, the enemy likes to, he likes to falsely accuse you. He's, he's always accusing you. He's always pointing his finger at you, telling you that you're not good enough. God's not going to forgive you for that. You shouldn't be around those church people. You know what you did last night. Don't come on Sunday morning. He's always falsely accusing you because, oh, gosh, y'all, he knows that you're just one good word away from walking in your destiny. He knows you're just one word away from walking into your purpose that God has always called you to. Don't let the enemy make you shut up and stop, oh, God, and, and stop sitting under good word because he knows all of these questions that you have about God. You're getting closer and closer to who he knows you are. Let's get this next one. Somebody shout one conversation away. Listen, oh gosh, I just, I'm trying to push. I'm trying to go. I'm trying to stop. You are one Sunday morning away from changing your life. <laughs> you are one Sunday morning from breaking generational curses. You are one Sunday morning. You are one Sunday morning from fixing your marriage. Oh God. The enemy knows you're one conversation away, and he keeps messing with you, and he keeps falsely accusing you. He'll tell you, can't nothing fix this. Don't say nothing to no ball guy. Don't say nothing to nobody about this. Stop talking about it. Stop praying about it. Stop talking to God about it. It won't fix. 
Tell your neighbor, he's falsely accusing you. Okay, let's get this last point. Am I doing good on time? I'm doing real good on time. I might say a prayer for another two or three points. <laughs> let's get the next point. Let's go to verse 32. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul, go and fight him. Verse 33. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. Our last and final point for today is the phrase, you're not able. Say that with me. You're not able. So now, David is standing in front of Saul, who is the king. And the way I've read into the narrative is that David starts talking big noise. It's like, no, let no one lose heart on the account of this Philistine. I'll go out and fight him. You got a whole army of men around you, sir. But he starts, you know, starts, starts feeling himself a little bit, and, and, and he got confidence on his side, and he's telling everybody he's got this. And, and, and to me, Saul's, Saul says the most debilitating thing you can say to a person in that situation. He says, you're not able. I heard what you just said. I heard you say that you think you can go out and fight him, but I'm telling you, you're not able. He's been fighting before you was born. He's fought grown men. And you think you can fight him? No, sir. He's he going to kick your behind. I'm telling you right now. You're not going to win. He's going to kick your behind. Have you ever been told you're not able? Whether it came from within inside of you, oh, gosh, whether it came from within inside of you or it came from, from, from someone outside of you, have you ever been told that you're not able? Listen, hearing those words will make, will make you stop dead in your tracks. I don't care what you're getting ready to do or how much funding you've got behind you or how much people said that you could do it. The moment that you hear one time that you're not able, it seems like all of the wind comes out of your sails and you stop dead in your tracks. How many times have you heard that you're not able? You're not able to fix this marriage. You're never going to change. It's never going to get any better. You will never get that thing off you. you it, it's just never. You're not able. It's not going to happen. You're not good enough. You can't get the promotion because you're not able. You don't have the degree just yet. You don't have the skill set. You're not able. And, and if, I don't know about y'all, but I'm telling you for me, when somebody tells me I'm not able, I don't care how many people I got on my side. When I hear that, I stop. It just messes with you. It, oh, gosh, it messes with your confidence. And what I saw in the text is that when I, when I, start, to, <laughs> when I start to do the math, when someone tells me I'm not able, it, it almost feels like every time when I do the math, when I look at it, I ain't able. Talk about it. Talk about 
David looks over at nine-foot Goliath, the reigning champion. That means that other men have tried and failed. And everybody around David is scared. He looks over at nine-foot Goliath, and David says for a split second, I ain't able. And as he got ready to, to, to turn, this is me giving you, embellishing a bit because I got to make this, the narrative sound so good that you see it vividly. As he gets ready to turn to walk out of Saul's tent after he heard that he's not able, he almost gets to the door and he says, but wait, I got a testimony. You see, there was this one time that I was out taking care of my father's sheep. And, 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 and the lion came and took one of the sheep. And I went after it. I struck it and I killed it. And then there was this other time that a bear came after one of my father's sheep. And I went after it. I struck it and I killed it. And the same God that delivered me then is going to be the same God that's going to deliver me now. The same God who rescued me then is going to be the same God who rescues me now. And he pulls his clothes together and he says, and that's my testimony. He walks away. I'll make it sound better so you get it in 2020. If he did it before, <laughs> he'll do it again. If he brought me out before, he'll bring me out again. The reason why your giants haven't fall, fell in your life is because you don't have a testimony. You don't know how to rehearse what God has done for you. You don't know how to rehearse that childhood that you never should have made it out of. You don't know how to rehearse how he blessed you last week. David, on the battlefield, went into a full testimony. I'm talking about a Friday night Kojic testimony service. On the battlefield, he stood in the face of adversity and testified. I'm telling somebody today, that thing that you've been dealing with, that thing that you've been fighting, that giant that's been in your life, you need to testify to it. Somebody should be praising God in this place. So here's how serious I am about this thing. All of us have a testimony. I don't care who told you you were a mistake. You got a testimony. Everybody in here has a testimony. So God put this thing in my spirit. <laughs> I sound like the lady on the Friday night service. <laughs> he put this thing in my spirit. <laughs> that I have to get you to say your testimony. Elia, I got to get you to say your testimony. Michelle, I got to get you to say your testimony. Brooke, I got to get you to say your testimony. Mishari, I got to get you to say your testimony. Mike, I got to get you. Pastor Martin, I got to get you. Quan, I got to get you. Ariel, I got to get you to say your testimony. Because the enemy knows the longer you sit down on your testimony, the more he's going to prevail. So here's what's going to happen. Three o'clock today. Somebody shout three o'clock. You're going to get a text and an email from Truth Movement Church. 
And on that link, we, gonna, we want you to fill in your testimony. We, here's the thing. Some of y'all got more than one testimony. But we want, to, want you to fill in your testimony because here's the thing. They overcame him by what Jesus did, but also by the word of their testimony. Oh, you see, oh gosh, listen, 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 listen. Y'all missing it. It's a simple math equation. You see, you got this part. You got Jesus and you're saved and you love God, but you keep forgetting to testify about how good he has been in your life. You got to put the pieces together, baby. You got to start connecting those dots. So listen to me. At 3 o'clock today, somebody shout 3 o'clock. You're going to get a text and an email, and I need for you to share your testimony. Some of y'all got nervous when I said, well, I'm going to get you to share your testimony. Oh, God, Pastor Wells, I got to go open the microphone. No, you don't. The text said word. I want you to text those words in. I want you to type those words. You can speak those words in. But hell needs to know your testimony. Somebody shout testify. So here, I'm going to make it even better. I got this one other screen. Stand to your feet. The reason why I said three o'clock is because by that time, the ice cream (laughs) will have worked its way through your system. The kids are tired now, and you can just sit and think on the glory of God. But if you don't feel like you can wait, all you got to do is put your, your camera on that link. And it's going to take you to the link. You're still going to get the the, the email. You're still going to get the text. But I want to make sure that you have every way possible of making sure you share your testimony. Here's the beautiful thing. I know that you have more than one. So you can put in the, you know, you can put in the title, you know, this is when God brought me through it. This is when God kept my mind and then do another one. Listen to me. We're about to start an old school testimony service. You're just going to keep testifying. You got the link. Just keep testifying. Just keep going every week, every time he does something, every time he does something, every time he graces you with something new, just testify about it. Because giants don't fall if you don't have a testimony. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.